You're listening to the Ultimate Road Trip Podcast. Most people have at least one brilliant travelling story in their arsenal, something that stays with you forever, and that when you get back to reality, you regale people with overdrinks down the pub. And often the retelling is a lot funnier than the actual experience, especially if it involves a particular virulent bout of deli belly. But whether you're travelling by foot, car, bus, plane, ferry or rickshaw, I think most people would agree that travel opens your eyes to a whole new world and a world of possibility. Visiting countries and places you've never been to before, experiencing different cultures and meeting people you would never ordinarily have met only enriches us. My guest this week is no stranger to travel on whatever mode of transport, and whether it's the right way or the wrong way, he's got the tales to go with it. I'm delighted to welcome to the Ultimate Road Trip podcast, travel author Peter Moore. And we spoke just before the current lockdown kicked in and before the recent news of the rollout of a vaccine. A native Australian now living with his family in London, Peter has travelled to over 100 countries and is still ticking them off. And although I'm sure many of his travelling escapades have been told over a beer, he first put pen to paper for his book No Shitting in the Toilet, the title coined from a sign he saw in a restaurant in China. The book started out first as a website and was then published in 1998. It's now the title of his new podcast. He's written six further books retelling his travelling stories. When you visited as many countries as he has... There are many of those stories. From travelling overland from London to Sydney, an epic journey covering 25 countries via the old hippie trail in the wrong way home, to the full Montezuma and some hair-raising adventures in Central America with the GND, the girl next door. His writing is incredibly descriptive, authentic and real, with such attention to detail that you travel vicariously with him through his words. They are laugh-out-loud funny, and for anyone who's ever donned a backpack, they are an absolute must. I was delighted that Peter wanted to join me on the URT, because, as it says in the tag, it's not just for petrol heads. It's more than that. It's about each person's individual story and where that takes them in the world. And given how far and why Peter has travelled, I was really interested to see where he would choose to go. Travel is probably the best form of escapism, and although due to COVID a lot of people's trips, Peter's included, have had to be postponed this year, when I spoke to him he just managed a quick tour to Poland, and back home was self-isolating due to Poland being taken off the travel corridor whilst he was there. His short trip might have done something to assuage his itchy feet for a while, although he's now staying put until next year, and then he's determined to be off on the road once more. You can't keep a good man down. Peter is a big Vespa fan, which is well documented in his books Vroom with a View and Vroom by the Sea that tell of his adventures going through Italy on his vintage scooters. So when it came to question one, I was wondering whether he would pick two wheels or four for his ultimate road trip. And Peter joins me now via Skype from his home in London. And Peter, I understand you're almost at the end of two weeks of self-isolation after a trip abroad. That's right. Tomorrow, actually, I'm free. Actually, today's the last day. I, I popped over to Poland for a, a quick trip. And uh, the Thursday before I left, uh, of course, Poland was put on to well, take yeah. a travel corridor. And it just I hadn't been traveling this year. I'd had four trips kind of fall over. And I just thought, you know, for my mental health, I just need to do this trip. Uh, and I'm more than happy to do the two weeks when I come back, of course. I work from home largely, so that was a luxury I had. I mean, for a lot of people, uh, you, you could, they can't take two weeks <laughs> off no, exactly. and come back. But um, it's, it's been all right. It's been all right. But for somebody used to being on the move, 
you can't wait to get out. I can imagine this weekend you'll be uh, gallivanting around the capital. I know I will be. I'll be. <laughs> I've already lined up. I think I'm catching up with a friend who uh, spent some time in Poland as a student. So I bought a bottle of vodka. So I'm going to go and see him tomorrow night. And got another friend who wants to pop down to Brighton on Monday. So I've got all these little excursions, you know, within the sort of little like, sort of London and outer London area, just to sort of uh, scratch the itch, so to speak. Yeah. So further further afield though, is it on hold for the time being till? things have sort of settled down again obviously we're ramping up with more uh potential lockdown so is it going to be after christmas new year i think so i i i can't really see uh, it getting much better i think people are sort of pinning their hopes on a vaccine i think a more uh, realistic option is some kind of you know like uh the international health cards used to get the yellow ones where you yes got- You've got your yellow fever and all that sort of thing. I think there's going to have to be some, whether it's WHO or the EU or someone comes up with some kind of passport, digital or otherwise, where you've had a test, you've had this done or whatever. And and I think that's the only way they're going to be able to open up again because uh, otherwise it's just just going to keep on going. And the the airport testing, they're talking about that, aren't they, to uh, Heathrow especially there. Hopefully that might get people moving a bit bit quicker. I was thinking about that, though. They're going, oh, you'll get the results within an hour. And I'm just thinking, just imagine you're sitting at Heathrow waiting for your flight. (laughs) And, you know, the flight's about to go and your test still hasn't come through. You know, judging by the standard of these other tests that are supposed to be done within 24 hours and it's taking 48 hours in a week or whatever, that, that... Extra sweaty it, palms, yeah. Sweaty palms waiting for your for your uh, for your COVID test, yeah. Now going on to the road trip. Now, of course, you've done a lot of travelling. I've read, have read all your books. I've read a lot of Overland, including, of course, uh, the Wrong Way Down, where you went by road uh, from yeah. London to Sydney, which was brilliant. And yeah. uh, you've been across Italy on your Vespers and Vroom with a View and Vroom by the Sea. And uh, I'm kind of guessing that you prefer two wheels rather than four. And you've also, you talk about your motorcycle taxis in your early days of traveling. So are you happiest on two wheels rather than four wheels if you're driving yourself? That I Really, I don't mind. I think it's just the journey itself. You know what I mean? It's like when you you contacted me about this, it was like catnip for me, you know, because I'm always turning over grand journeys in my head. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking, yeah. oh, maybe I could buy an old, Peugeot 504, you know, the classic bush taxi yes. from Morocco to Cape Town down the west coast of Africa. And then I thought, oh, maybe I could do another trip in Italy on a Vespa, maybe one of the on the new um, 946s, you know, which are these amazing uh, futuristic looking Vespas that are based on the very first Vespa, but, you know, obviously designed by an Italian. So as only an Italian could. So uh, basically anything that involves going from point A to point B excites me and whether that's on the back of an old truck or like you said on a motorcycle taxi or on an old vespa uh or shoved in like a sardine in a little old bush taxi in the middle of africa (laughs) i guess just the 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 movement of it i i love and 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 also i guess one of the great things too about i mean two wheel when you're on a, a, a vespa for example or on a motorcycle you're kind of isolated in your own little bubble um 
I was lucky that my best boy is very unreliable and kept breaking down. So lots of Italians who helped me out. Um, so you got far more to write about as well, which is great. Meeting exactly. new people and yeah. And basically, it was like a it it was like it opened so many doors for me. You know, people were taking me off uh, to festivals, to their homes, and all kinds of all their favourite bars, all kinds of things. So um, I kind of like the social aspect of like the other kind of you know the the BMOs and the minivans and all that sort of stuff. But a lot of trucks, a lot of your Mercedes what? truck in the early days. And then you did a Trabant's trip as well, did I see? Yeah, I was looking was, at your website. Yeah, that that was when I was in um, in Krakow. I went on a, a, a Trabant tour of uh, Nauhuta, which is this uh, communist-built sort of model city. And they take you around in this old Trabant. Well, it's, it's in really good condition, I've got to say. The yeah. one I went on, but it, uh, yeah, you, you were very much aware of its shortcomings uh, as a mode of transport. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's something about vehicles, they get personalities, you know what I mean? And I think that's what came through with this little Trabant and what came through with my Vespa and all these other things. Uh, they have these personalities and, and uh, little idiosyncrasies that kind of add to the trip. Even when things go wrong and break down, yeah. these little idiosyncrasies add something. They're an them. extension of you as well, if you're if you're with it for long enough, as you were yeah. with the Vespas in Italy. Yeah. With my Vespa, I mean, that, I, that was a, a, like a teenage obsession, I guess. I, I sort of grew up in Sydney watching all these really cool old black and white movies, you know, with Marcello Mastrioni just yeah. looking disheveled but standing next to a Vespa and looking just so cool. And I was the exact opposite of that as an Australian teenager. Chanelette <laughs> <laughs> shirt and greasy long hair. Um, it was like this aspirational thing. So, I mean, that's another thing I think about vehicles. They, they do capture an aspiration or a moment. I mean, that's with Vespa, but you think about a, a Mustang in America and all the, you know, all these countries, they just capture the essence of a country and a, and, you know, and, and a, a, a personality of, of a nation sometimes. Yeah. I was also interested uh, talking about journeys and uh, when you went to Iceland, the van that you hired with these celebrity faces uh, at the early days of Instagram. That was a great story because nowadays with lockdown, I'm hearing that people are just buying vans, throwing as you as these seemingly were set up mattress in the back a little uh, a little uh, sink and maybe a gas cooker and people are just getting out there across the uk and if into europe if they can and it's really building up a new industry uh, in kind of do-it-yourself diy road trip vans well that van that was that that was a little kangoo panel van basically yeah. And the story behind it was it was set up by this guy called uh, Lars something rather, sorry, right. Lars, uh, but Cuckoo Campers. And basically what had happened when the Icelandic crash happened, where basically they didn't bail out their banks, they just let them fall over. Yeah. Uh, all these tradies or tradesmen from uh, Iceland basically just left and went to Norway to get work and sold all their little kangoo panel vans. Right. And this guy just bought them up cheaply, like you said, threw a mattress in the back came up with this clever little thing at the back where he, with Ikea shelving and that sort of thing and <laughs> no little kitchen at the back and then got his um, street art mates to uh, spray paint various famous people on it. Like there was a Kim Jong-un right. one, there was an Amy Winehouse one. We got the Miami Vice, uh, my, CSI Miami uh, Horatio Kane one, complete with him looking over his sunglasses. Um <laughs> was great i mean yeah. everywhere we traveled it brought a smile to people's faces and uh, like you said 
uh, this this was a while ago, but very days early days of Instagram. But hey, it, he was his bands were everywhere on Instagram. If you know what I mean, anyone. Yeah. You travelled, uh, so yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I'm tempted to buy an old van and uh, chuck a mattress in the back and 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 sort of go off around, uh, well, the UK or Europe or somewhere like that. I mean, that's that's that would be a great road trip. It would, it <laughs> would. Well, just before we get onto the road trip, I've just noticed uh, again on your website. Interesting that you're putting your first story your first uh, trip going around in circles around the equator which uh, you say a lot of the a lot of the stories ended up in your first book no shitting in the toilet but uh, so it must be fun to be getting that out amongst the public on your website it's a great way to publish nowadays it is it is and the thing was i can see why it got knocked back by every publisher on the planet in that it wasn't quite right and what my I was you know it was my first attempt to write a book but uh, having said that it's surprisingly good I'm going back through it now and, and fixing it up with the sort of uh experience that I've gained over, over all the you know six, six books in yeah. uh, but so many great stories so many great things happening and again because uh, I basically when I do these the, the big overland trips anyway it's just I pick a point a and a point b and then just head off I yeah by whatever means it could be a bus well it's whatever's going sometimes you know what i mean there's like there is only one option sometimes between places and that can be just like hitching a ride or on the back of a motorcycle uh taxi or whatever and it's just i love that excitement of just not quite knowing what's going to happen and having the luxury well this is before i became a father i had the luxury of time you know what i mean where i could just i know (laughs) just go and just whatever happened, happened. If I wanted to stay somewhere, I could stay somewhere. If it was, wasn't was happening, I could move on. And just taking the little back roads and, the, and, and just, you know, whatever presented itself. Uh, and it's it was the, the a big overland journey with the time just opens up so many amazing experiences. Yeah, you can impart that to your kids, of course, now. And uh <laughs> Well, well, let's let's talk about your ultimate road trip, which is what you're here to do. So uh, you've been to, you know, so many countries across the world yeah. and you've been in so many vehicles. But question one, as I ask everybody, what would be the vehicle for your ultimate road trip, the make, the model and the colour? OK, well, as you said, so many options and I mentioned a few at the top. But in the end, I've gone something for a bit simple. Uh, I've gone for something simple, uh, a true Aussie classic. I've decided to go for a Ford Falcon station wagon. Um, ridiculously big, rides like a sofa. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably go the XD. That's the boxy shaped one, and it's so uncool it's cool. Right, uh, yeah. <laughs> and for, I, I, I did a bit of research, and apparently Wikipedia describes it as bearing a resemblance to the European Ford Granada but larger and less luxurious. So yeah, get that in mind. That's in your mind. And I think the colour doesn't matter. For the road trip I've got in mind, the colour okay. doesn't really matter because preferably it's something that's being patched up with panels from the wreckers, you know what I mean? So it'll be a oh, kind yeah. of patchwork of colours because you don't want to turn up in some of the places I'll be going with a shiny new car. Okay. Uh, it'd have to have a rhubarb on the front, which is yes. like... Um, Big bull bar, yeah bull bar yeah in, in australia the rhubarb in case you do any driving at night i remember 
I was driving in Western Australia once, and as soon as the sun set, it sort of turns into this bizarre computer game with like kangaroos jumping out from all angles. Oh, really? <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I think, but really, I think whatever's going cheap at the backpacker car market in Sydney, I think. Okay, but why you chose the Ford Falcon station yeah. wagon? Why that particular car? You've already said, you know, it's kind of, it's so uncool it's cool and i completely understand that but uh do you have an affinity do, was that a car you had your parents had we didn't have one of the we didn't have the ford falcon in australia it was very tribal you either were ford or holden and holden is of course general motors so yeah. uh, my dad was on the general motors <laughs> side of the fence when i was growing up but the thing about the ford falcon it is the classic car for doing the and it's like but through the generations it's the car that people have relied on because it's just pretty much bulletproof uh and the xd you know it's got none of the fancy stuff like electronic fuel injection it's just a real meat and potatoes v6 donk easily fixed easily fixed i should point out that that donk is the aussie slang for engine so you know you'll get respect and admiration you know, if you walk into an outback mechanics and say something like, yeah, do you mind having a look at my donk, mate? It's been <laughs> some trouble lately. <laughs> so um, right. he'd probably take you down the pub and buy your beer if you said that. But anyway, um, and the other thing is a car that old in Australia, chances are, and that's simple, It's um, chances are it's got a reconditioned engine. So, you know, that's like new. Yeah. <laughs> so travelling a long way, you need to be as uh, prepared as possible. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing about the, the Ford Falcon station wagons. Uh, any parts you need, you'll find them in wreckers all over Australia. You know, you could even, you'll see a burnout wreck beside the road. <laughs> you know, you probably Just... won't be able to pull off a couple of parts for it. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff well, so we got the car we got uh, and yeah that's a p- brilliant reason where are we going well, on your ultimate road trip destination well, obviously i'm sure with you the uh, you know the journey uh, is the main thing you concentrate on but if you had to choose a destination where you're heading to well i think it just have to be highway one around australia go all the way around the fourteen thousand five kilometers fourteen thousand five hundred kilometers i think it is all yeah. the way around so probably it's too Probably closer to 20,000 if you took a left at Tennant Creek and went for a side trip to Uluru or Alice Springs. Yeah. But, you know, just it's it's the classic Aussie road trip. Basically, start in Sydney, head north, and go counterclockwise. So you get all the East Coast beaches. You get up to the Barrier Reef if you sort of went a bit above uh, Townsville. Yeah. Uh, you've got the Tropical town, uh, tropical Top End, uh, the Red Outback, and then just the vast empty spaces of Western Australia. I just don't think you realise how empty a place can be. Until I've never been. I'd love to go, yeah. Until you're driving down that west side of Western Australia, it's like you will set off in the morning and you will not see another structure until the next road stop eight hours down the track. So well, it's how, just, lo- how long would you give for that kind of journey? Doing it your way, I can imagine meeting people and, you know, what would you give yourself? Well, I, I think it's got to take at least three months, preferably six. Right. <laughs> but, you know, that's not really practical. I'm just trying to think how fast you could do it. But uh, no, sure. I, I just I think you'd need, yeah, three weeks. I think some people do it probably six weeks. Yeah. But I think you'd be, just, you'd be just behind the wheel. You know what I mean? And I just think there's so many places you could just stop off and uh, uh, just hang out and, uh, you know, see what life's like then. 
Okay, question four. Great answer, by the way. Question four, who is your passenger? Who are you taking? This is the reason why, one of the reasons I chose this particular trip, because I decided the person I'd like to take is my daughter. Um, She's just turned 16, uh, so it would be a a chance for us to reconnect a bit, I think, because we did a lot of travelling when we were younger, when she was younger, and including that trip in Iceland that I was telling you about where we around Iceland. That yeah, way. yes, I read that, yeah. Yeah, but now she's a teenager, so it's not so cool to spend time with daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so it'd be great to be able to, to, to spend some time with her like that, but also I think it would be a great chance for her to connect with her Aussie roots. I mean, she was born here in right. England. She grew up, but she's got an Australian passport. Um, she's been out a few times, mainly when she was younger and it was catching up with family. They all think she sounds like the Queen. <laughs> but, you know, I'd like I'd really love for her to experience the place, you know. I think she's been influenced by it without knowing, you know, like through a sense of humour and an outlook and that sort of thing that she's sort of got through me. But I'd kind of like her to experience what I call the romance of the place. I mean, that's that to me it's like it is the big open spaces where you can drive the whole day without seeing anything and just the perspective that gives you. And it, it's it's funny, a lot of people uh, think Australia is kind of, um, I don't know, uh, emotionally kind of uh, unsophisticated, I guess. But right. um, the thing is, uh, I, my wife, when she went out there, she's English, and the thing that she said surprised her the most was that how sentimental Aussie blokes were. There's this real uh, sort of c- uh, emotional connection with the place, which I, I think I'd really like my daughter to experience and sort of, hopefully feel yeah sure well yeah perfect person to be going out with when was the last time you were there oh god i actually was with her it was uh uh an easter holidays probably about four four years ago i think so i mean it'd be a chance i mean i've been in the uk now well since she was born so 16 years so it'd be a chance for me to reconnect as well because i'm sure australia's changed an awful well it has changed an awful lot because i remember when i went four years ago my sisters lived down south of Sydney and we went into a place called Gerongong, which I remember as this like hick little cafe. And we stopped at the cafe there and it's got a sign out the front saying, yeah, our coffee blend today is a Rwandan island. <laughs> 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 I was going, what? <laughs> Just like, this is the kind of place that you'd be hard pressed to get anything more than a meat pie and a milkshake. And then the yeah. like advertising the blend that it's selling so uh there's that i mean that's obviously coastal australia i'm sure if you get out <laughs> in the middle of the outback they're not a fussed about what kind of coffee they're drinking but you know i just think it's it, it'd be uh interesting to sort of for me as well um, see how it's changed yeah yes yeah. yeah it's changed yeah and plus who knows the thing is the way it's going with brexit and that here she might end up moving there so it could be a little reconnaissance trip for her you know for her new life in australia when it all you know comes crashing down here well who knows exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's another that's another conversation isn't exactly, it exactly exactly question five pisa you've had a bit of time to think but if you had to pick pick a tune uh to which i i kind of say to people to start or end the trip but if you can think of a tune for this ultimate road trip well i think the soundtrack would have to be 
some classic Oz rock. I mean, I've I've got this Spotify playlist that I've put together for whenever I'm feeling kind of homesick. Yeah. <laughs> hard on my singlet, and singlet is like what Aussies call vests, what you guys yeah. call vests. So there's lots of hearts, lots of heartfelt stuff captures that Aussie tough sentimentalism that I was just talking about. Yes. So a bit of Outer Fingers, Sunny Boys, Punters and Collectors, Aussie Crawls, all household names here in England, of course. <laughs> of that, course. <laughs> that'd be on shuffle. But if I had to nominate one particular song, it would be Nullarbor by this young Melbourne band called Floodlights. Now, I only came across them the end of last year, and I really love it. It's it's probably a bit lo-fi for Brits, but it's really heartfelt. And this song in particular, I think, is perfect for this road trip because it's about just packing up your car, heading off into the sunset, just to clear your head, sort yourself out, and just get away from it all for a while. So uh, that's the song I'd play, I think. That's Fabulous. And this is a, a band that you've recently discovered. Just stumbled across them um, last year. I can't even remember. It just came up in a feed somewhere or might have been, obviously, from my playlist. It might have been recommended to me by Spotify. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a great little song. And if you watch it on YouTube as well, again, a very simple video. But again, it's all about just jumping in in your car and packing it up and just heading off into the Aussie uh, wilderness, I guess. Yes. Sounds like my kind of song as well. Yeah. Peace and more. That sounds fabulous. So it's Aussie all the way uh, <laughs> in terms of of people, of cars, of uh, obviously the journey and, and the song. Yeah. Peter, it's been really great to chat with you as you're just about to come out of your two weeks of self-isolation. We can't wait to hear uh, more of your journeys around the world when the world starts to open up again. Uh, but Peter Moore, thank you so much for... Uh, taking some time this morning to talk about your ultimate road trip. Thank you. Pack my boot up and drive Everything that's necessary for my life My jack tools and tire repair kit It makes me look the part but in Bridgestone I'll sit Driving through the quiet rural towns The novelty size boots stand with nobody around Cattle station arms into the night 